Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy and welcome. Welcome to today's Tuesday podcast. It is good to have you with us. And do not forget, this is the last podcast for March 2021, which means this is your last opportunity to uh, sign up for the March promotion. And I'm going to tell you now, and I'll tell you in the middle of the podcast, what your call to action is. As you know, we are giving away two uh, eight-inch Fire Amazon tablets, a $50 Visa gift card, and a Yeti 32-ounce tumbler. All great gifts. Doesn't cost you anything to enter. What you need to do is go to Twitter. My handle is at recoveryguy1986. Again, at recoveryguy1986. You need to follow me on Twitter and you need to retweet all of the podcasts. You will get a point for doing each of those things. So a total of 10 points, one each for retweeting one of the podcasts in the nine podcasts for March, plus to follow me. And then on next Tuesday's show, April 6th, a computer will uh, find the winners and we will inform you, let you know, and then we will get your gifts to you. Please do not forget that. We love to see people as our way of saying thank you. Enjoy some of the gifts that we are able to send out to you. As you know, uh, the last 12 weeks on Tuesday, we have been going through the steps one at a time. I did a podcast in November called Steps for Life. And then now the last 12 weeks, we've been walking through each step individually. So today is kind of a wrap up of all of that. And today's podcast is entitled Stepping into Recovery. There'll be some notes uh, in the podcast itself. So whether you're going to recoveryguide.org or your favorite podcast channel, wherever you're picking up this podcast from, there will be notes associated with that. So let's get going with today. So like any decision we make, certain steps are going to be required to accomplish that decision. I mean, very rarely if at all, does anything worthwhile happen through osmosis, right? I remember when I was morbidly obese and I weighed almost 400 pounds uh, today by the grace of God and gastric bypass surgery over 11 years ago, I weighed 230 pounds and I feel fantastic. Um, and I needed that help, but that's a whole nother topic. But I could sit on the couch all day long and want to lose weight and to do this and to do that and to be healthy and not have an enlarged heart and not have complex sleep apnea and not have a, a non-functioning gallbladder and all the things that happened to me along the way or, or my knees losing all the cartridge, 
cartilage because I was carrying so much weight and the back surgery I had to have and all of those things, right? It didn't happen by osmosis. It, it happened because I took certain steps. And just like when I, when I fought my compulsive gambling and, and, and bulimia and, and even, of course, my alcoholism and drug addiction, I had to take certain steps. You know, it talks about in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, as some of these steps we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And then it says, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that the reason it is a suggestion is because you can't tell anyone filled with pride and hard-headed anything at all. So it has to be, oh, we suggest this, we suggest that. Well, what other suggestion is there? The only other suggestion there is, is for you and me to try to go do some controlled drinking, try to do a little bit of drugs here and there. Well, you know and I know that we got to this point because of tolerance and obsessive and compulsive disorders, and our middle name is more. We have this insatiable appetite to make our feel-good feel good. And for whatever reason, we use lust, we use gambling, we use food, we use throwing up, we use starving ourselves, we use alcohol, we use drugs to make that feel good feel good. It doesn't make any sense, and that's why we have a step two that came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, right? But that's what we do. So we need steps. We need an incremental way of moving forward. B.F. Skinner, back in the 50s, I believe, did this thing called uh, 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 incremental, right? It was it was about moving people incrementally to do certain things. He had this, this, this program of teaching pigeons. This is true. You can Google it. Teaching pigeons how to bowl, right? It was about incrementally moving people forward piece by piece, right? It's how do you eat that elephant? You eat that elephant one bite at a time. How do you, how do we recover from that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, right? We do it through steps of recovery. And I don't care if you're in celebrate recovery, LDS recovery, you're going with a Muslim-based way of wellness, uh, Judaism, if you're going through Catholicism, if you're going through a 12-step program, the Buddhist network, you name it, there are going to be steps, a process by which we have to go through to, to admit, to uncover, and to build upon, right? And that's just the way that is. If you find another way to do it, Hey, I'm on for you. Message me, share with me what that is so I can share it with my listening audience. The 12 steps are exactly the process that I'm talking about. Again, anything worthwhile is worth doing. The steps or the step as we're talking about, what is a step? It's it's defined as a movement made, this is from dictionary.com, it's as a movement made by lifting the foot and setting it down again in a new position. It is accompanied by a shifting of the weight of the body in the direction of the new position, as in walking, running, or dancing. Isn't this an amazing metaphor? It's 
It is for what we are doing when we apply the steps of recovery into our life. We are moving in a new position, a new direction. We realized and we've come to believe that if we continue going the way we are going, we are going to die or much worse things are going to happen to us along the way. And so we've decided to go in a new direction, take a new position. At first, we are immobilized. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We're almost frozen in our emotional, spiritual, physical, and mental position. And then we come across these steps and we begin moving in a new direction, but we are taking one step at a time. And once we find that first step and we find our balance and we and we put our weight on there to make sure that that step supports us, then we're ready to make another step of moving forward. Isn't that a great metaphor for what we do in recovery? We need to apply these steps to recover in our life. We need to do them one at a time, and we need to make sure we have our weight properly shifting as we are moving forward so we do not lose balance and fall or relapse, right? If we get too far ahead of our skis like a skier would be, have you ever watched the ski jump where they go off those, I don't know, 120-foot uh, drops? I mean, they're crazy what they do. I, I could never do that. I'm not that much of a thrill seeker or that courageous, but they are impressive. And you have to be careful that you don't get too far ahead of your skis out in front, because if you do, the weight will shift. And the same way with the steps, we have to make sure, and this is where sponsorship and mentorship, whether it's with your imam or your rabbi or your priest or your pastor or your sponsor or your your psychologist, your counselor, whatever, make sure we are grounded in that first step before we take the other one. Because if we don't shift our weight properly, we will fall we would have good intentions. It's kind of like a, a PMA, a positive mental attitude. I love what Stephen Covey talks about in principle-centered leadership, you know, or, or that PMA, right? Just feeling good about things. He says, if we don't have the right mental map, we could be lost, but we would just feel good about it. We would still be lost, right? But we would just not feel badly about being lost. And so the same way with the relapse, and we can have great intentions, right? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Just because I have good intentions, I could have good intentions, but not be following the right formula. I could want to bake that cake. I could want to create that recipe. But if I'm not following the right formula, if I'm not putting in the right ingredients, no matter how badly I want that cake or that ceviche or that, or that dessert to turn out the way I want it to, it's not going to turn out that way because I'm either not taking the right steps or I'm not doing those steps in the order in which they are recommended. So I hope this helps in your understanding of why the steps and how we take them are so important to our personal recovery. Now, what I want to do today to recap everything, I want to walk back through the 12 steps and just get a little personal application with you regarding them. So let's take a look. Number one, 
we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and you could substitute anything there, right? If you're a member of, uh, of uh, uh, SA, then of course you would want to put lust there. If, if it's, you know, your OA, then of course food there, GA, you know, gambling, what, what have you. So we admitted we were powerless and I'll just leave it blank. We admitted we were powerless that our lives had become unmanageable. As Pete the Greek told me back in 1986, I asked Pete, what step are you on? And Pete at the time, I think he was probably sober 17, 18 years. And he said to me, I'm on step one. And I said, what do you mean you're on step one? You've been around for forever, right? Because when you're a newcomer, people with 17, 18 years, they're like gods with a small G. They're, they're incredible. I, I just couldn't even get my head around someone being clean and sober that long. And uh, Pete, Pete said, no, you know, understand that step one, I make sure that I do that or I did that to perfection, you know, and, and we'll talk about that even more so. But step one is so critically important. Bill Wilson and the 12 and 12 and, and others who put together the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they will tell you that step one, we have to admit complete defeat. We have to admit as Bill would say, as only the dying can. And I give this example. If you were out in the open water or a swimming pool or what have you, and I threw you a life vest, but you didn't think you were drowning, what is the likelihood that you would grab it and allow me to pull you into shore? You wouldn't, would you? Why would you? You would maybe look at me and say, what the heck's the matter with you, man? Why are you throwing me a, a, a life jacket? Why are you throwing me a life ring? Why are you trying to save me? Do you think I'm drowning? You, I, we, we have to think we are drowning. We have to think that if something doesn't change, we are going to die. Our life is going to be increasingly, substantially, immediately worse if something didn't change. When I went into treatment on February 9th of 1986, I looked in the mirror, the voices were gone, and I said, if something doesn't change, I am going to die. Within minutes, I went over to the Yellow Pages, back then we had Yellow Pages, and I looked in the yellow pages under alcoholism, I wouldn't have given, I wouldn't have admitted I was an alcoholic if you paid me. I was in such denial. But that moment, I knew, I knew who I was. I knew my life had become unmanageable. I hadn't put this step together with it yet. It would make perfect sense to me when I went into detox and I went into treatment and subsequently started going to AA and, and I had to admit. Now, unfortunately, I would relapse after 71 days, but I knew why I did. I knew when I came back five days later by the grace of God, because not everyone comes back. We see many people leave, but few of us come back. And that is the tragedy and the power of addiction. 
But I was able to come back and I knew, I knew that my problem was that I did not do step one to perfection. I did not understand or want to admit, because again, who wants to admit defeat, complete defeat? Practically no one. And I had to admit that. So I will tell you, no matter where you're at in this whole thing called recovery, and if I'm wrong, let me know. If you're able to half measure and to do this part-time, knock yourself out, man. I'm all for you. But the only reason you're going to do the rest of the steps is if you fully concede to your innermost self that you are addicted, that you are alcoholic. Fully concede to our innermost selves that we are alcoholic, right? That's what we have to do. And understanding that degree of addiction, of that compulsion, we then make a connection to the unmanageability of our life. And it's those two components that make up step one. For your sake, for the sake of others, do not, do not, do not sidestep the depth and importance of this step. Because this is our initial path into recovery. Again, if I throw you a life preserver, I say you have to do these other things. If you don't think you're drowning, are you going to do it? The answer is no. The answer is no. You know, and, and I'm, I'm spending a little bit more time on this step because this is foundational to everything that we will discuss today. I am who I am today and where I am today because I fully immerse myself in step one. In the doctor's opinion of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about the very same people who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, they, they, they gave up, essentially gave up of ever resolving them. It says the very same person now finds himself easily able to control his desire, right? Fill in the blank. The only effort necessary is to follow a few simple rules. You know what my question was when I came back after relapse? What in the hell are those rules? Because I'm going to follow them. And you know what they are? They are clean house, trust God, and work with others. And we learn how to clean house, trust God, and work with others within the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, of any 12-step program. Any program that you're involved in, whether it's 12-step, monotheistic religions, the Buddhist network, you name it, there is going to be those three elements involved in it in one wrapper or another. Whatever is palatable to you, whatever works for you, whatever it takes for you not to die, whatever it takes for you to restore your family, whatever it takes for you to restore your dignity, to live a prosperous, happy, joyous, and free life, I'm all for you. I'm in your corner rooting for you all the way. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I'll tell you, once we get done with step one, step two should be a no-brainer. It should be so easy to understand why we need to be restored to sanity. Sanity, insanity, 
is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. How many times have we done that? That was characteristic of my life. This time, it's going to be different. When I have this relationship, when I go to this job, when I get this money, when I get this car, it's going to be different. And you know, it was never different. Because all of those things I mentioned to you were outside of me. Until the inside of me changed, the outside would never support it or be reflective of it. So when I look at step one in my powerlessness and my unmanageability, it is easy to see the insanity, right? Just like it should be the goal of every sick person to be to become well, it should be the goal of every insane person who's lived insanely to live and act sanely. And if you don't think you're insane, go back and look at step one. And it's sadly laughable because it is sad. It is tragic. By the time we get to recovery, our lives are broken some more than others. So came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore society. And boy, did I need a taste of sanity. What's really great about recovery is if doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is a form of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result must be sanity, right? Usually the opposite is true when you live in the land of compare and contrast. If I if I do this and expect that, if I do this, it, but that's insane, but if I do this and now I expect that, that should be sanity. That's how I live my life. I have great expectation. I have great confidence. Some of my friends call it charmingly arrogant, right? But I do expect good things to happen because I'm doing things. Now, it doesn't mean that life always agrees with me, right? I mean, sometimes life is just life, right? And I could be doing one thing and something else would happen. But that's the exception, not the rule. And even still, I just apply the serenity prayer and change the things I can change and, and understand the wisdom between the difference of those. So then I go to step three. God could and would if he were sought. And again, the beautiful thing about step three is made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. That can be whatever concept you and I have regarding a higher power. And if you have a challenge with that, speak to your spiritual counselor, your spiritual advisor, read the chapter to the agnostic in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, find a spiritual path, a spiritual way. So often in in uh, social media, people are relating a relationship with God to religion. They are not the same. Now, I am very religious as a born-again Christian, for which I make no apologies, but I have a one-on-one -on -one spiritual connection with God through his son, Jesus Christ. That is my connection. What is your connection? What makes sense to you? What floats your boat? What, what gives you freedom, power, happiness, a new position, a new outlook on life? Go with that. Whether it's the, the, the spirit of the meeting, whether it's the mountains, whether it's the trees, what, where do you draw your energy from? 
turn your will in your life over to that care. Because obviously, my best thinking got me here. I need to turn that will, that self-will run riot over to a higher power to begin making decisions for me. Number four, made a searching, fearless, moral inventory of ourselves. This is a program of action. And step four is the first action step. Steps one, two, and three are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Non-action steps, but crucial to the plan of recovery. It is the foundation for step four. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. If we are to know what needs to be fixed, I need to know what is broken. And this step four in the 12 and 12, and if you need one, let me know. I've got three left. I'll send it to you. No worries. Uh, just give me your address. DM me. Let me know where to send it. And we'll get it to you in a, in a couple days through Amazon. Now, if it's going to go to South Africa, like my friend Chantel, it may take, you know, 7 to 10, 12 days. But I'll get it to you. No worries. Uh, I'll pay all your shipping, everything like that. Just let me know you have a need for it. So I need to take a moral inventory. If I'm to get anywhere, if I need to know, um, uh, you know, I need to know what's broken before I need to know how to fix it. So number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Why do we need this? Why do we need to confess to a God, to a higher power who already knows everything? Because we need to say out loud. We need to share with another human being the exact, na the exact nature of our wrongs. Why? Because we're only as sick as our secrets. And that is all I'll say about that. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. What defects of character? The defects of character that we began to understand and write down in step four and admitted in step five. Even things in step one. But we were entirely ready, not partially ready. Again, half measures availed us nothing. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. So I need to be entirely ready now, entirely as I'm capable of being at the time, right? When I was doing these steps with all my heart and soul back when I was nine months sober, so that was still back in 1986, entirely today means something very different. So it's entirely for the moment. I need to be as honest as I possibly can be to do these. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Anytime I go and ask in prayer and meditation, I do it with humility because I know that based on my actions and how I lived, I deserve a lot worse than what I'm getting. All of my actions, the fact that I did not die or kill somebody and end up in prison for the rest of my life with involuntary manslaughter because I, I killed what I call the Jones family of five as I go through that intersection blind and I T-bone the family on their way to the beach. And the next thing you know, I wake up in jail and don't even know how I got there. But you tell me I killed five people. How many times did we come short of that? I can't count, and it scares me that I can't. 
So I need to be humble to ask him to remove these shortcomings. You know, a defect of character and a shortcoming. I love this analogy. A defect of character is I had a flat tire. A shortcoming is I don't have a spare. So in step six, I'm, I'm looking at the things that I need to get right. The things that I've been doing wrong. Step seven is to be equipped or remove the things that would in, inhibit me from getting things right. Step eight is another very important action step. It is the amends side of step four. A lot of what I get from in step eight, I've learned in step four, where I make a list, I made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Do not be afraid of this step. It can be very scary for many of us, but do not be afraid because all we're doing is making a list. That's all we're doing. And becoming willing, as I did in step three, when I turned my will in my life or made a decision to turn my will in my life over to the care of God as we understood him. So I'm making a list and I'm becoming willing to do it. Step nine is where the rubber meets the road. I'm making direct amends, not, you know, direct means right in front of them, the best way we can. Not a letter, not a note, not an email. Sometimes we have to do it over the phone. Nowadays we have Zoom, right? We have FaceTime. Make direct amends to the best of our ability or opportunity. Direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. That's very important. And if you want to know more about that, sit down and talk with your sponsor, with your mentor, again, your priest, your rabbi, your imam, who's ever giving you the spiritual counsel or direction. Find out what they did. I guarantee you that we will do this and many, for me, a high percentage of the people that I need to make direct amends to, they would look at me and say, Bobby, all we ever wanted was for you to be okay. And you are certainly doing that right now. But we must do this step. Step 10 is the first step of my maintenance step, steps 10, 11, and 12. I sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Oh, that's, that's 11. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. I do it daily. I do it semi-annually. I do it annually. I do a periodic checkup from the neck up. I find out where I'm at, what I need to do, who I need to apologize to, what were my interactions like. The more I do that on a regular basis every day, I make it at the end of my day, in the middle of my day, at the beginning of my day, wherever I find that I'm uncomfortable. If I am uncomfortable with something, there's a reason I am uncomfortable. And I need to take my inventory and then do something with it. When I'm wrong, promptly admit it. Again, direct amends. It's, it's a reflective step that allows me, my sponsor, slow will. And this is where, you know, it says, clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find and join us, right? These other preceding steps are to clear away the wreckage of my past. Step 10, as Slow Will would say, is designed to clear away the wreckage of my present so it doesn't become the wreckage of my past. And that's essentially what we're doing here. 
continued to take personal inventory, continued means I've been doing it once steps one through nine. I, because if, if, how can you continue to do something you haven't been doing? Right. I love how these steps are worded. So continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to harm you. Right. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on that. Boy, it feels good. Again, we're only as sick as our secrets. Let's clear them away. And then step 11, we sought through prayer. Sought is seeking, is pursuing, it's going in a direction. Through what? Through prayer and meditation. To do what? To improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God. For what? We are praying only for knowledge of what? Of his will. For what reason? To get power. Remember in step one, we admitted we were powerless. I thought I had power, but power shouldn't kill me. Power should enlighten me. Power should propel me. Power should supply me. So now I have power that's giving me life. That's real power coming from the power that's greater than me. To do what? To live out his perfect will for my life. I love as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Don't you like a little bit of power? I love power for his will for me and my life. Again, my will got me to the rooms of recovery. God's will propels me beyond. It, it, it rockets me into another dimension the spiritual realm which I enjoy living. Finally, as we put all of these steps together, having had a spiritual awakening, what? As a result of, you want to have a spiritual awakening? If you haven't had a spiritual awakening in this program, it's probably because you haven't done the steps. That's what it's saying here. Having had a spiritual awakening, what? As a result of these steps, we tried. That is our attempt. We attempted, we wanted, we desired, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So we're not a, a do as I say, not as I do. What we are telling others is how we are living. I'm going to you and I'm saying, practice these principles. Do this and do that. I need you to look at my life. I need you to take my inventory. I need you to say, well, Robert, you're telling us all these things. You're like the recovery guy, right? So what the heck are you doing? Hey, take my inventory. Don't use it against me, right? But you take my inventory. Find out. Check me out on Facebook. Go to my website, you know, recoveryguy.org. Find me, recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Find me on Twitter, recoveryguy, uh, at recoveryguy1986. Find out what I'm all about. Look at my family. Look at my marriage. Look at my relationships. Why? Because I want you to see that to the best of my ability today, I am practicing these principles in my personal affairs. And that gives me the right and the honor to fulfill my obligation to carry this message to those who are still suffering. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, how I 
have learned to adopt them and embrace them. I've been doing this for three and a half decades. April 25th, just shortly, I will have 35 years of personal recovery and I am mind blown that I've been brought this far. And I want you to be mind blown with every day yourself. One of the young men that I coach, uh, the other day, he had 200 days of personal recovery. I was talking to my friend uh, Nick uh, K. the other day. He had six months of personal recovery. Recovery is happening all around us. I was talking to my friend and referred Nick to my buddy in, in Las Vegas, Scotty uh, Shields. And uh, Scott gives his last name all the time, so don't worry about that. I have it with his permission. Scott Shields earlier this year celebrated 37 years of personal recovery. Folks, it's being done all around us every day. You can do it as well. I want you to be a part of, and I've gone over today, but I have so much energy. I'm so excited. I wanted to make sure that I really gave the 12 steps the, their value. And I could talk forever. I, I, I do workshops on this stuff where I do breakout sessions and I talk all day long on the steps because I believe they're so vital for you and me. I hope you embrace them. I hope you love them. I hope you go back and listen from November to Steps for Life. I hope you go back to the previous 12 Tuesdays where you can go one step at a time. I hope you listen to this podcast. Share it with a friend. And don't forget, right, go to Twitter. I know I was going to share it halfway through, but I got sort of involved in things, right? So uh, I chased a rabbit, didn't come back to the trail. Go to Twitter. Robert at, at uh, Recovery Guy 1986, at Recovery Guy 1986. Follow me. Go to the previous 12 podcasts and, and, uh, and, and also retweet them, right? And get all your points necessary. And then next Tuesday, the 6th of April, we will announce the winner again. We are giving away two Fire 8 inch Amazon tablets a $50 Visa gift card, and then also a Yeti Tumbler, a 32-ounce Rambler. Kind of cool. Thank you so much for your encouragement. Thank you for everything that you do to support recoveryguy.org. Thank you. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram, recovery underscore guy. Go to the Recovery Guy on Facebook. Go to your favorite podcast channel. Listen, share, comment subscribe, continue to support this ministry as we try to reach the world to find what you and I have found. And as always, my name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy.